Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast with John and Jonathan. Jonathan how are you, bud? I'm okay. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm good, doing great. Good, good. good to well, see you. Good to see you as always. So we're going to talk today about the best and worst New York City apartment amenities and features, uh, features for, resale for resale value. So sure. what, are, what are the things that have mass appeal? What are the things that people are generally looking for here in the city? It doesn't mean it needs to appeal to you. You may be a very unique buyer. It doesn't mean you shouldn't buy a piece of real estate. But if you have some of these elements, it makes your apartment more liquid, meaning it'll sell quicker because the buyer pool will be bigger when you do decide to ultimately sell that space. Obviously, whether the building is a full-service building versus a non-service building, that is a consideration for many buyers. Some buyers do not want to be in a non-service building. Right. So to and when you talk about staff, a service building. Door staff. Uh, we are also talking about a resident super, resident in-house super. So having someone live in, a super live in, if one does not have door staff, then the next question will be, is there a super, a live-in super? Yeah. And that will many times suffice in terms of that amenity. Yeah, and I what I always tell buyers is, listen, we have plenty of buildings with full-time staff, uh, with full-time door staff. It is the most commonplace, one of the most commonplace questions or delineating factors is people want to have that that person at the door to not necessarily greet them because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to say hi to the same guy every single morning when I go to work or whatever. Like, I want my privacy or right. whatever. You right. know, some people just don't want to be, don't want to be, have that uh, interaction every time. But it's about packages, having somebody there to check on the apartment mm -hmm. if, if you're you not, need, if yeah. you're not there. Um, just somebody to call on to be like, hey, this is happening or I got this or, you know, can you help me when this person comes by, a friend coming by or whatever. It's just like it's a great amenity to go for because it is one of the most coveted things and delineating things when in buyer searches. Um, do you want it? Very rarely do we get somebody. Ah, I don't care. I'll take it or leave it. You know, it's usually nah, I want I want I want the door staff. Amenities such as uh, outdoor space, washer dryer, air conditioning. Oh, now, air, air conditioning, conditioning is a, a big, big topic. But it's interesting because if you're buying a home outside of the city, you know, usually people will have central air conditioning in their homes. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, homes will have central air conditioning. Not so much in New York City. But apartments we have our which own have forms of, it, of central AC, yeah. we have our which we've talked about in our podcast, yeah. but also through wall units versus having to have the ACs in the window. All of that are amenities that buyers will look for. Yeah, so the but number one dryer, that people don't want, right, is the window, the window unit. The other ones are sort of interchangeable, but they just don't want to give up that window space. Right. And if people yeah. want to know more about the, the whole podcast on air conditioning, they can tune into the air conditioning podcast. They will look at the numbers of closets in a home uh, yes. and the amount of storage, storage space storage, in a home. Storage, storage is, is key. And if you're not, if you're coming up against some storage issues in the apartment, the very first thing that I think is a really, really, really huge amenity for an apartment is a private storage unit in the building. I find that to be very, very, very great for owners. Yeah. Storage cages, a, a cage that transfers with the sale oh, of the apartment. Get, if you can get one that's like 
eight by ten with eight foot ceilings in the basement. Buyers oh. love that. Oh, it's I so love nice. it because it can take the place of a bike room or a home office, extra wine storage, <laughs> a guest room, sure, a <laughs> jacuzzi tub. <laughs> yeah, we have. No, but uh, you'd be surprised at what people put down. Yeah, there. then we have uh, things like a gym. Now, many times the avid gym goer. They like to go to a gym. They like the ambiance of going Correct. to a gym, the experience, the social element of it, etc. For somebody like myself, I don't care about those things. I mean, I think that's pretty obvious, but they That's not true. You're looking good. <laughs> but they uh, people like to go to a gym, so it's not necessarily to swap out for somebody the savings of going to the Equinox or whatever down the street, but it is to have a place to go quickly. And do a quick workout in the morning if they have a busy day and they can't make it to the gym or it's raining outside or, you know, snow, there's two feet of snow on the ground, something like that. It's always a nice option to have. Now, these newer developments have really kicked it up a notch with the gyms where, I mean, frankly, you blink your eyes, you don't know whether you're an Equinox or, or a exactly. building gym. Yeah, so exactly. that's certainly an element that is is new in these newer developments over the last 20 years. But generally speaking, especially in the pre-wars, it's a smaller a smaller gym with less less machines, et cetera. Then there's the topic of outdoor space. So some buyers are specifically, they really, really, really value that outdoor space. Yeah. And that is an amenity that can obviously creates value for a home. Not everybody is going to need the private outdoor space. Or want it. Terrace yeah. or a garden or wanting to pay for it. You're correct. But then other people will value a really beautiful roof deck. Well, and not all roof decks are created equal. That's you know, correct. you may have a, a a beautiful roof deck, but if you got to go to the top floor and then walk up a flight, I'll yeah. tell people that's enough to keep people from using correct. it. Correct. You know, correct. so if you have, and again, new developments have have picked up on that, and you see in most new developments when it is a true roof deck and not like a mid level roof deck, a true roof deck. The elevator will go right to the rooftop. So you can take your glass of wine and you can jump on the elevator. Boom, you're right there. That's you don't clear. have to walk up a those flight. Those are the best. So those are, they're not all created equal, just like the gyms, you know, just like any of these things. And and that is a delineating factor, outdoor space, private outdoor space. Know that when you buy that, especially if it's a, a really large outdoor space, say relative to the interior. So you have a 2,000 square foot interior space and you've got a 3,000 square foot terrace, not a lot of buyers are going to look for that mix. Um, so there is a sweet spot there in terms of there can be a, a law of diminishing returns when you have an exorbitant exterior square point. footage. So yep. that it's just something right. to talk through your with your agent because it may be great for you because, oh, now I can have this and I can have that and blah, blah, blah. But those buyers are small. And again, like I said at the beginning, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't buy the space. You just need to go into it with eyes open. Mm -hmm. And that's, what, again, why you hire an agent is to talk through. So at least when you do buy this space, you buy it, you understand the value as we uh, you know, go through it with them. But also when you go to sell the space, you're just going to be going after a smaller buyer pool. And it may take a little bit longer to sell because that buyer that's looking for that, say, out oversized outdoor space may not be in the market at the time. The amenity also that I really think is a huge value adder for, and there's not as many buildings that have in, in their own parking. Parking mm. garage in the building yeah. and especially discount parking for the owners. That's a huge, huge amenity for- You um, don't see it too often. You do not no. see it too often. Okay. One amenity that I think is also under underappreciated yeah. is 
for those pet owners in a building that is pet friendly to have a pet spa, a place to wash your animal outside of your apartment. I love that amenity. I've seen buildings with that, and that's my plug for the pet spa. <laughs> I think okay, it's that's it's one of those little the storage known ones. and the yeah, parking. Yeah. Okay, it's in between the garage and the gym. Oh, and that the storage would be, that would be a trifecta. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. No, there's all these little kind of quirky amenities that are out there as well. That like the pet spa that you don't see very often, but in reality, for a, a for a dog owner, that's a really it's great a really spot. especially a big dog owner. So, um, but just on the on the pet side of it, there's plenty of buildings out there that don't allow pets, that don't allow dogs. So, and I would say it's to the detriment of the building. I do think that there's oh, plenty agree. of dog owners in this city, especially small dogs. So just cap the the size of the dog. Yeah. You know, like there's plenty of ways to kind of keep it reined in in terms of numbers of pets in the apartment just put something in the house rules that limits it a bit you know uh, so i do think it's a devaluing factor from the liquidity aspect which is you have buyers that either already have a dog or want the capability to get a dog when their child turns eight you know like okay well you know and i make sure i always ask that question do you have a dog now no do you ever want to have a dog mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because they're if the building doesn't allow dogs you have to plan on that building never allowing dogs right. just from a right you know investment standpoint I, and i just want to be clear on the on the podcast that the way that we've kind of gone through the the amenities of you know what Add value adders for the apartments, they're not in specific order. No. Okay. No. For instance, I just want to give the plug for the washer dryer because yeah. that that is a huge commodity in New York yeah. City to have your own instead of having to go to the lower level yeah. uh, of the building uh, to to do your to do your laundry. So that's a huge value adder. And then the the actual the other amenities that we have to just talk about would be actually circumstances, the particular aspects of the apartment, which create the value add, yeah. which would be the high floor, the great views, mm -hmm. right? Yep, light and air. Light How many, and air. I mean, I light can't say I've ever air. worked with a buyer that said, I'll ask, do you need a view? No, not really. But what they do were. you want? Light and air. So yes, within the apartment, you mentioned washer dryer. We've got light and air, um, height in the building, some semblance of view, not necessarily, you know, those second floor apartments, first floor apartments are going to be challenging. Uh, always just a smaller buyer pool to, uh, to, to sell in. So it goes to liquidity. So uh, the undesirables, such as the spiral staircase, which we talk about all the time as, you know, it's just a very small buyer pool that will accept that. And I would venture to say duplexes and triplexes, you know, multi-level apartments in general are, are less desirable. Now you have your caveats to that, which is uh, a massive, like a really big square footage wise, you get to like uh, 3,500, 4,000 square foot duplexes that f make it feel like a, a house. Yeah. That changes things a bit. But if you've got a footprint of 700, 500, 700 square feet, and now you're you're joining the the line right above it. And you're putting in a stairway. That's not a good combo. That's not something that is is going to be desirable for most for most buyers Correct. for the general public. So right. you just again, not that you shouldn't buy them, but you need to go in eyes open. Back apartments, depending on where the apartment is located. Uh, windows that are facing walls are not well received, so that is that is a consideration. Back apartments are always harder to sh sell than the than the front apartments that are getting better light. Yeah, uh, I would say 
Although sometimes on the flip side, the back yes. side is better to the be back, on because, because you're not dealing with the traffic. Quieter and so if you're higher but up, light is going to be light, light is going to be yeah. a, a desirable factor versus a dark apartment. Yeah, and then I would say also walk up buildings. Mm. Walk up buildings are challenging because you have um, some people are simply not going to be in a walk up building. Many times European buyers don't mind walk-ups because they're, they're used, used to, to them yeah. or younger buyers. And as you go up in the walk-up, the higher up the walk-up, the less the less the value of the apartment. Yeah. End of story. The one time when that happens, unless you get to the top floor and what do you get? You get the roof deck. That's you correct. Know, so the private roof space. So there, there can be things that compete with that sort of, uh, with that logic. But uh, that walk up is is a tough sell. Now sometimes you're pigeonholed into it, you know, like where it's just a big stock of the, of the inventory, such as the West Village. Correct. West Village has a lot of small walk up buildings. Right. You know, there's caveats to everything we discussed, and a lot of things run together. And then, oh well, if it has the combination of these two things, like square footage, then duplexes and layout and classicness like a pre-war classic like original duplex etc now it feels like a home that's it's not a devaluing factor so um, there are still i'm sure many others that we haven't touched on that are just a matter because there's so many different products here so many different types of apartments um but did you have something else uh, in the queue i did just the last thing would be the whole idea of the lofted bedrooms that you've got to walk up to oh, get into God. the bedroom that yeah. you can't stand up in. Those oh, are value detractors. The ceiling heights are, if you have a very low where you got to kind of wedge yourself into that, I that is not a value adder. That ceiling is, heights are, are tricky when you get into those lofted. To lofted. be almost like yeah. in a corp, in a, in a coffin. Thou shall not be named. <laughs> there are some buildings out there that we've worked in. You get to the second floor or even under the first, you know, on the first floor under where these lofted bedrooms are and you get seven foot ceilings. I, I mean, it's or a lower, very, or lower. lower it's that. a very touch. It's a very tough sell. You know, people will will focus on that. It doesn't matter if it's seven foot for fifteen feet and then it goes to twenty feet. It doesn't matter. Eight feet is really kind of the you know the the lowest that we typically see in a traditionally built post war building. The pre war is typically your nine feet and higher, eight and a half and higher. So th- those higher ceilings are extremely valuable these days. Correct. And the last but not least, the subterranean apartments or the low the, the ground floors which could be ground floors, totally yeah. fine ground floors but if if you if you're talking subterranean it better have another floor to it and then ideally some outdoor space attached to it. Yeah. Otherwise, it really limits the the buyer pool that's one of either what, like walking, walking. Or facing a park where you yes, get a nice or you're light gonna be, or something Or you're going to be below grade and you're yeah. looking at people walking by. Bars on the windows are, are it's just a tough sell for people. That's correct. You know, they don't like to see that. So I think that we've, we've accurately portrayed what we consider our very positive um, amenities of, a, of an apartment and other... I don't want to call them negative. I think, you know, let's just say less value less detractors. Value detractors. All right, we'll go with that. All right. As always, good to talk to you. Great to if talk you to have you. any questions, reach out to us. Yep. In the meantime, stay happy, stay healthy, and most importantly, remain in gratitude. We'll, we'll see, see you, you next, next time. time. Thanks for watching or listening to the Real Talk NYC Real Estate Podcast. 
If you want to find us online or sign up to get our monthly and quarterly market stats, come on over to our website, gestaskaconlinteam.com, or you can find us on all social media with the handle at gestaskaconlinteam. If this show was helpful, entertaining, or informative, consider telling friends and family or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss our next episode, and we'll see you next time.